Hi Grindhouse Girls friends and fam, this is Moody from the editing room. I uh, just want to go ahead and give you a heads up. We're constantly trying to better our audio here and we were trying to do a one mic system for this episode. So our audio is a little off. We will be kicking off next week with having multiple mics once again. So as a reward for listening to this episode, we do have an extra insert that we think you will find quite funny after the credits. Enjoy! On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Grindhouse Girls friends and fam. Welcome to Season 3 of the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Picture it. A man from Wisconsin sets out to make his directorial debut. A modest resume under his belt, he has a vision for a story he has had in his head for years. An old man living out in the forest with his beloved truffle pig. He has no actor in mind for his lead, but as the story develops, he realizes it contains the issues of grief he was seeing within his own family, and that the story was becoming a meditation on loss. Now, since his film centered around a man and his pig, he did set out and did what any reasonable man would do. He first found a pig, a beautiful kune kune named Brandy, who had no acting chops but had enough personality to fit the role. However, the casting and the man came about when the script landed in the lap of one of the most diverse actors of all time, that is Nicolas Cage. Yep, you probably already guessed, but the film we are talking about is Michael Sarnowski's 2021 film Pig. So sit back and let's get a little philosophical. You're listening to the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. been doing i've been doing pretty well how about you Britt? i've been doing fine ryan you okay back there doing pretty good ladies yeah um so this week we are doing pig and this is our first week really back because last week we had ryan on and we did the thing and it was we did the live stream and we just kind of covered the movie um uh did you do anything fun over the holidays Britt? I watched a shit ton of movies. Did you? See, I didn't watch as many, like, new movies. I watched a lot of Hallmark movies, but I have a couple I watched. That's good. That's good. I, I watched so many movies. I can't remember them all. Um, But <laughs> I did see, like, Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Licorice Pizza in theaters. And we just watched a lot of the ones that were nominated for uh, Critics' Choice in the Golden Globes Award. Now, yes, which was quite the controversy. Yes, it was quite the controversy. And I will admit, I was, um, they didn't live stream them for a few different reasons. Now, I know you know one of the reasons is because the Hollywood Press Association mm-hmm. did not, Foreign Press Association did not have any black members. Yes. And I didn't realize, maybe we talked about this last year, but I had forgotten it, that the reason it came to light was because um, the TV show on HBO Max. I will. I may destroy you, which mm-hmm. I watched. I love. It's amazing. Everyone should watch it. Um, Michaela Cole wrote and starred in that, and she's 
a black actress, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, she's British, and she's freaking amazing. She also wrote, che- I think, I don't know if she wrote Chewing Gum, but I know she stars in Chewing Gum as well, which I haven't watched yet, but I need to because I love her. Um, it's an absolutely visceral and entertaining experience, and it won, it was nominated for a ton of Emmys, and she yeah. won Best Writing at the Emmys, and... The Golden Globes didn't nominate I May Destroy You for anything. And people were like, that's really weird. Because it was, like, across the board a success. It wasn't, like, a weird underground show. It was on HBO. Everybody watched it. Everybody – it was a mini series. Everybody really liked it. And the other mini series I watched around the same time, which I think came out a little later than that, was Mayor of Town, starring mm-hmm. Kate Winslet, which also, like, won a lot of acting awards. But um, I May Destroy You is, like, a very personal piece. So I'm really glad Michaela Cole won something. However – the Golden Globes didn't nominate her, and everyone was like, that's weird. Uh, not to quote Cardi B, but that's weird. That's suspicious. And then they went and looked, and they said, there are absolutely no black people yeah. in this press association at all. And so there was that controversy last year, which I'm confused, because Mayor of Easttown was it's nominated, nominated for this Globe. year. Yeah, it won some. But I guess, I think it came, must come out later than I thought it did, compared to I May Destroy You. I think it came out... Straight during the pandemic, and I want to say. I think COVID messed up a lot of release times because I yeah. remember you were messaging me a couple weeks back and you're like, oh my God, how did we not include um, Do This in the Black Messiah? Yes. And I said, no, 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 that's not that's not a 2021 film, it's a 2020. And then what happened, it was slated for a 2021 August release date, got pushed back to 2021, so they technically included it in the Oscar season because it right. was supposed to be a 2020 So film. I think some things released in 2020, like in theaters, yeah. I think it was, or mm-hmm. festival. Yeah. But it, I didn't see it until 2021. But I was like, I was so mad because it was such a good movie. But I also watched it in January, so I kind of forgot about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Because uh, it... it turned into a 2020 movie. No, I, I, I'm not making excuses, but I think another reason that NBC, I, I, so if you guys remember, I think it was a year or two ago, we had the Oscar so white controversy, which really affected, yeah. and award seasons have just, it's been a slow decline, and it's been that way my whole adult life, uh, less and less people watch them each year. But I mean, last I don't year, watch anything, yeah, but the Oscars, if I'm watching with other people, like yeah. I, Check. I check the winners and the nominees, but I don't really. And I've been watching. I will watch admit, them. I don't watch the Golden Globes every year unless mm-hmm. I happen to be off because I work retail for so long. Yeah, that I would request Oscars off, but I wouldn't request the Golden Globes. I was the same way. I did finally get to watch it last year, but the ratings were so low. I think it was Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were the hosts, and that didn't even save the ratings. So well, I think, I think it, it was basically a live stream because they did it remotely. Yeah, and NBC was just like, we're done. Between the controversy and between the low ratings, we're done. So they did announce the winners, and it was another what I call a Frankenstein year, where it's like every other movie yeah. won two or three awards. Yeah. So, like, no movie was the clear winner. And yeah. I was surprised because um, we already knew that musical or comedy was probably going to be West Side Story. But I thought Belfast would get drama, but The Power of the Dog did. Which I started Power of the Dog, and then I didn't get to finish it yet. But I'm going to watch that one I soon. really like it. It's kind of like the – it's not like The Lighthouse. and It's nothing <laughs> like The Lighthouse. Um, Masturbation in the first 15 minutes. Yes. It's nothing like The Lighthouse, <laughs> but it's a similar movie where, to me, it's – this is going to sound like a weird thing to say, but it's – watching the movie is like reading a book. It, okay. It's almost like literature in the way it presents itself. Well, I'm excited. I did watch Passing. Did you though. liked it? I really, really liked it. Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful. It's not a happy movie, 
but it's it's very beautiful. I love the way everyone talks in it. Like, um, it's just really I I like movies that take place in an older time, mm-hmm. and it really kind of transform transports transports. It really transports you into that time period and that situation. Uh, the only negative about it is I would like to see Alexander Sarsgaard not be a villain. Yep. He's always a villain. Yep. And he's good at it, but I like him and I feel like he has a lot of range and I feel like I'm sick of him being the bad guy. Like he was great in uh, Big Little Lies. And at first you don't know he's, oh, spoilers for Big Little Lies. You don't know he's the bad guy at first. And then like slowly you're like, oh shit. And I was like, oh, like, can Alexander Sarsgaard just not be the bad guy, please, for the love of God? Anyways, um, but it's really beautiful. The cinematography's great. Yeah, the acting's great. I love the cinematography. In that and, movie. like, okay, I will say it is a little, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about a white director directing a show, a movie that is so much about the black experience. However, she based it off of a book written by a woman in the 20s when this movie takes place. And then she does have a history of it in her own family, too. Okay, that's yeah. why I tried to look that up because I was curious because mm-hmm. I was like, it's kind of weird that a white lady's directing this, but, you and know. I think I read a really great, so. But uh, I couldn't find anything on it. So yeah. I was like, I'm glad you did because I was like, yeah, because I, I also think, so if you ever read, Tessa Thompson is brilliant, but Ruth oh, Nega herself so is like, she, or is it Nega? Or N-E-G-G-A. I have never figured out how to say her last name. I feel like everyone says it differently. Yeah. So. She's brilliant, So I should have watched the Golden Globes because they might have gotten it right. However, at the Oscars, they called Bong Joon-ho Pong Joon-ho. Oh, God. Well, Even, uh, freaking um, what is his name? Uh. Do you remember the year that John Travolta. Spike, Spike Lee called him Pong. Do you remember like, the year what? that John Travolta, like, butchered Idina Menzel, too? Adele Dazeem. Adele Dazeem. Oh, it was so awkward. <laughs> um, lady. But um, Ruth is, like, brilliant in her interview. But I think they said that the director made a very, like, it was definitely a safe environment on Good. set. Which I love. So you have a powerhouse. These three women are all phenomenal. Yeah, and I was like, it's do. a very woman-centric yeah. show. So I was like, she is a woman. Yeah. But anyways, but the... The material comes from an actual book written in the 1920s from a woman who had a mixed background and she was kind of exploring that part of society because, oh, this was pre-civil rights. So, Mm -hmm. like, it was a lot of people who could pass would, but a lot of people felt like it was morally not so great to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, I mean, it's one of those, like, survival list kind of things, like... Can you blame either person for their viewpoint in the movie? No, I can't. I understand where they're both coming from. And I think that's one of the great things the movie does is you understand everyone's viewpoints and where they're coming from. Um, But it's, I think you should watch it. And it's on Netflix. So it's an easy watch. Uh, I think I was going to watch Power of the Dog after that. And I was like, you know. I feel like that might have some sad bits in it. Yeah. So I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, I, I started watching season season four of Gretzko. Oh season five. my god! Did you finish? I it? I didn't finish it yet, okay. but I'm about halfway through, and I watched the first three episodes of The Witcher, and I finally started watching The Righteous Gemstones. Okay. And Succession. I'm into season three of Succession, which Succession won yeah. several awards, um, as it should. I love that show. Um, Sarah Snook is amazing. I'm a little sad Kieran Culkin didn't win, but 
um, the old older guy from Squid Game one. Yeah. So I can't really be upset about that because he's great. And he's the first, uh, I think, Korean actor to ever win oh, a Golden even Gold. better. Yeah. That's even cooler. Um, so, I just liked him. Yeah. And then I think um, uh, uh, Jeremy Strong won Best Actor. That's how for what show? For Succession. Or it was, I feel like yeah. Succession to take two or three. Of yeah. Home. I think yeah. it was Sarah Snook and Jeremy Strong and then it was... Um, uh, they won best drama TV yeah. show, which it's 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 a dramedy. I wouldn't call it a straight drama. It's yeah. more. I mean, it's more funny than anything. But I I will say the two wait two three. I will say the three things I've just watched in the last week. So, uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye on HBO. That I'm that is I'm gonna watch that next. Okay, I'm very excited about it. I Jessica Chastain is amazing anyway, but it she is incredible in that movie. Like the way she talks, it's just I love it. And then I I love Andrew Garfield, and I felt like this year like was a very great year for him. So between the Eyes of Tammy Faye. And um, of course, Tick Tick Boom and Spider Man. I I'm like I'm oh, loving seeing Andrew Garfield and all this. Yes, um, I'm I'm excited about the eyes of Tammy Faye too yeah. because Tammy Faye actually is a really cool lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, her husband was an is an he's still alive. He Damn is. It. Um, and he's on Twitter. Well, he's an awful human being, allegedly. Um, but Tammy Faye, like, after they got divorced, like, really embraced the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. and was just, like, she's just the loveliest little lady. I mean, her makeup is ridiculous, but, like, she has a good heart. She just passed away a couple of years Yeah, and ago. she just passed away. So, I'm very excited about that movie because it just came on HBO Max. Yes, yes, it did. And so, I'm going to watch that one next. And, and Andrew Garfield has just been incredible he, this year. He's been so, so great. Um, And then I did watch The French Dispatch, too. Which so. I miss. I missed a lot of them in theaters because even though they were here, it was my birthday week and it was Christmas and it was just so much going on. I did rent The French Dispatch. Oh, did you? But if you like Wes Anderson, it's the most Wes Anderson, the Wes Anderson movies. Like, I didn't think Wes Anderson could top himself, but yeah, here he did. <laughs> I love um, the life aquatic um it is my whole f- oh someone said if you had a happy childhood you shouldn't like what's oh no paul thomas anderson movies oh yeah, you yeah, shouldn't yeah, like. yeah, yeah but someone was like messed up people only like like wes anderson movies and i was like my whole family saw the life aquatic in theaters because my dad really liked jock Cousteau. yeah and he was like oh holly and katie that's my sister they're actors they'll like this and my mom and my brother kind of just went along for the ride but we all loved it that's so, awesome. I like I like Wes Anderson. It's fanciful. Yeah. Little Tannenbaum's is depressing, but also funny. Yeah. And That's this, probably the most famous one people know about. I would say, and I, I will admit, so it's probably unpopular opinion, but Grand Budapest is still my favorite. I have not gotten to see that oh, one yet. so good. Um, but this, Been on my list. This movie is obviously, like, the French Dispatch is very much, is supposed to be the New Yorker. So, there's multiple <laughs> stories going out throughout the film. Um, but it moves quick. Like, I love it, but it is like blinking, you'll miss it type okay. details in that movie. And it was Taylor's first Wes Anderson movie ever. Oh, did he like it? He did like it, but he was just like, you can see the eyes getting bigger and bigger <laughs> as he was watching it. Because it's already a lot of dialogue, but then it's so much visuals to take into. Yeah. So, like, it's like a lot. I, like I said, imagine Wes Anderson on a 10 high skill <laughs> you guys just gotta see it it's a great movie it's it's a i loved it it was a phenomenal movie but <laughs> i yeah it's a lot he's a lot i mean if you don't like i don't want to say he's 
I mean, he is weird, but like not like a not like a David Lynch kind of like fuck you kind of like bing bong bing bong fuck your life kind of way. It's more of like a he's just kind of out there and quirky. I would call him quirky. Yeah, he's quirky, and I love David Lynch, but he is kind of a sorry that TikTok's been in my head. Bing bong bing bong fuck your life. So it's very funny. <laughs> Anyways, but we're gonna see drive my car. Yeah, we are. I'm excited. I didn't know it was a mystery. Is it a mystery? It's a mis- apparently the main character's girlfriend disappears or wife disappears. Oh, so I was like, oh, okay, now I'm interested in this movie. Before I guess we're gonna get ready to get into the movie. Yeah. Ryan, did you see anything interesting this past week yeah. that you would like to tell the people about? All right, so I spent the last weekend um, catching up on a couple of shows, uh, oh. sort of thing, and so. Probably the biggest one for me was uh, Arcane on Netflix. Oh, and okay. So, <laughs> bit more um, mainstream, I guess, sort of thing. But, like, the animation style really surprised me. Um, and then the fact that, like, the story was gripping enough that whenever it came to a fight scene, I was like, oh, yeah, this is based on a fighting game. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, some excellent writing. Some excellent characters. I can't wait for the next season because the way the first season ended, it was like, you better have a second season. Oh, that's like the opposite of Squid Games where like, I don't need it to have a second season, but it's going to have a second season. Yeah. Now, with <sighs> Squid Games, I'd, I need to see, I need to see some other countries and how they play. Oh, that would be Okay, cool. that would be okay. I'm okay with that. That would be cool. I'm okay with that. I just, like, I felt like the character story was over. But it's time to talk about Pig, I yes, think. Yes, it is time to talk about Pig. Uh, it is streaming currently on Hulu. It's a 2021 Woo! movie. It's rated R. And it's an hour and 31 minutes long for all you guys who want to know the little details. Yes, it's not very long at all. Um, it was produced by Neon, mm-hmm. which next to A24, I think, is becoming my favorite production company, um, who they also produce... Spe- uh, not Spectre, Spencer. Spencer and Teton last year. But nice. also, they produced Parasite and Portrait of a Lady on Fire previously. Um, one of their owners owns the Alamo Draft House theaters, um, which are infamous for not letting you have your cell phone while you're watching them. Um, they will kick you out. Um, so they very much respect movies. So, um, as we mentioned earlier, this was directed and written by Michael Sarnowski. Uh, this is his directorial debut. He did direct some shorts, um, like Love of the Dead and Fright Night Legacy. He also co-directed five episodes of the TV series Olympia. Um, and interesting enough, he's such a new director and such a fresh director, he doesn't have his own Wikipedia page. So, if you type in his name on Wikipedia, it just redirects to this movie. So, yeah, he, he's, he's a fresh one. But, uh, this, if this... If this is a prelude of things to come, I think we have a very talented person on our hands because I really like this movie. Um, it was also co-written and produced by Vanessa Block. Um, she actually had a short documentary called The Testimony, which she uh, directed, and it was shortlisted at the 2016 Oscars, uh, which celebrated films in 2015. If you guys aren't familiar with the way Oscars do things, they usually release a short list of 10 nominated things and then they narrow it down to five by the time the official awards list comes out so she was actually a shortlisted oscar uh director which is really awesome but they did this movie together 
So yeah, yeah and Katie, I think you have some information about what kind of inspired Michael to write Pain yeah. 2. Yeah, so it was incredibly uh, personal movie and a very personal story that inspired this. So basically, um, I got to watch an interview with him on Mama's Geeky channel on YouTube. It was nice. an interview with him. Um, and he was very nice. And he said, you know, we said this in the intro, but the two things that inspired this was, one, he just had a vision of an old man and his truffle pig out in the forest. But the other thing was he lost his dad when he was a kid. His dad passed away. And he hadn't, I guess he hadn't really processed it the way he thought he had. And as he became an adult, he saw how the grief had shaped his different family members and how everyone processed it differently. And so he kind of wrote it to process his own grief, but then also how to, like, explore how his family processed that happening to them at such a young age. Um, which I, obviously, we like grief horror. Yeah. We're big fans of it. Um, so, um, it's a big deal. Um, but I thought that was really cool and it's such an honest portrayal of grief. And I wrote it not before we get too far into it, you know, plot wise, I will say like, sometimes I'm very cynical about certain, like, I would call them like Oscar baby movies. Like last year, like Nomadland, I felt did this a little bit, which is why I probably didn't like it that much. And Minari, even though I liked it more, kind of did this too, where it was a little bit emotionally manipulative. Like they were checking the boxes of how to make you have an emotional response. And I don't like when people do it because they think they have to, to make an emotional experience in a movie. This seemed very personal and honest. And I think that's why this movie really resonated with me. And I think Brett as well. I think we both... I know we both cried. I I love so. this movie. I I love this movie. One of the main things I liked about this movie is that I think when you watch enough movies, you kind of have an idea of where things are going based on past movies you've seen. And this movie, literally, you didn't know where you were going. Like, you were like, yeah. like there were scenes in this movie, I was like, oh, I know how this is going to play out. And then it played out differently. Yes. Not to quote everyone making fun of Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi, but it did subvert my expectations. But it was so good. And there are some really, as much as, as we've seen interviews and reviews touch on grief um, and processing grief, I'm surprised about how beautiful of a portrayal of masculinity this was. Yes. Like, that was my... And how not to be How not toxic. to be a man. How not to be toxic. Like, True. You know, and I know that sounds so cheap, and I don't mean it to sound like that. But there are so... There are so many things in this movie where you thought someone was just going to beat the shit out of someone. And it didn't happen. Yes. And I was so grateful for that. Yes. There's one scene in particular where I was like, oh, shit, it's going to get real. And then, like, it was a very different thing. But it was still satisfying. Yeah. Because um, I went into this movie thinking it was going to be Mandy with a pig. Yeah, or Taken with a pig. Or Taken with a pig. Or um, John but, Wick with a pig. But I thought it was going to, like, be Nick Cage craziness. which I was, And everyone I've told this, about this movie, they've been like, oh, that sounds crazy. And I'm like, actually, it's very introspective. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. 
about this movie. And it's it's just an it is kind of like the lighthouse in that with the fuck toxic masculinity kind of thing. Although the people in the lighthouse are being toxically yes. masculine. But uh like it's kind of an example of how not to behave. Yeah. And this movie shows you both sides of it and I really like that. I um, do too. Yeah. And it's only 90 minutes. It's separated into three parts. Thank God. Yes. Um, because I think if this movie was longer, I I don't know if it would be as enjoyable. Yeah. It felt like it, it feels like it was very well written because there's not a part that I could be like, yeah, we didn't really need this. It felt like all the parts were very valuable to the film. Yes. And I think that's partially being a first time director and partially having probably a very good producer to tell you like, hey, this is unnecessary. Also, the fact that the pig kept biting Nicolas Cage, I think, uh, <laughs> took down some pig time, which I was kind of sad the pig wasn't in it more, but I understand it after reading that. Yes. Because apparently he thought he was going to, like, die of sepsis. Oh. He was like, I have been beaten on every step, but I have never been bitten so much. I might actually die by a pig bite. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really bad Nicolas Cage impersonation. Who seems like a lovely guy? I watched yeah. him in a couple interviews on YouTube and he honestly is very, very cool and he knows he's a meme. And he embraces the memery. So um, he also calls his <laughs> he affirms that his performances may be over the top in an almost kabuki-like style as he wants to break quote-unquote naturalism uh, and he approaches every character with sincerity and truth, which really shows, which is why I always call him, like, a director's actor, because, like, he shines when he has something like this or Mandy where he can, he, I mean, he's directed in a way where it focuses his character. And I always think he does seem to really be sincere in his performances yeah. even when they're wackadoodle crazy the only movies i hate with him is when you can tell that he's not trying where he must be having a terrible working experience on that movie and i thought it was interesting because michael as a new director kept getting asked over and over how's it like working with nick cage and he's like he just trusted my vision like mm -hmm. he was like i'm just okay we'll go for it like so he's yeah. not he did not seem like an actor that's argumentative or that he thought he was above him in any way just because he's been in the industry for a long yeah, time yeah which i feel like a lot of people probably would assume with him because he is a bit of a meme um i love that about him though yeah. and like uh, he did do in the last like 5 years he's had a lot of really shitty movies he's been in but he's put the effort into all of those movies. Not into the Spider-Verse. Not into the Spider-Verse <laughs> and not Mandy. I loved Mandy. Mandy was the first one I'd seen of him in a really long time where I was like, oh my god, this is so good. But he's a little eccentric in Mandy. Um, but this movie, it, the character doesn't call for that eccentricity. Yeah. So it's not there. Because he's, I mean, Nick Cage is a good actor. He's I mean, he's Academy Award nominated. Did he no, win? win. He, he won. won he for won Moonstruck? For no, Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas, okay. Mm -hmm. But he was nominated for Moonstruck, right? Uh, that sounds right. If not him, then Cher definitely won for yeah. that movie. So, I mean, like, 
He's a good actor. It's just he is a director's actor. And there's a few of them out there. Yeah. Where they really shine. And there's some people like uh, Jesse Plemons, I would say, it doesn't matter who the director is. He gives a solid performance in every movie. But maybe we've only seen him in good things. Yeah, that's true, too. Because nothing he's been in recently has sucked. He's just always in that thing for me. <laughs> Which I've never finished. <laughs> I've never gotten to that part in Breaking Bad, so I have no idea. But You'll get there one day, I uh, I will, probably. <laughs> When I'm really, really feeling like I want a good, good cry. Yes. And um, would you, so would you like to get into the synopsis and we'll get into the plot a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into the synopsis. And we're going to like not go super plot heavy Mm-mm. because we really enjoyed last week just discussing this movie. Yeah. We so. did. We like, we like discussing as much as we like hitting the details of the plot. We feel like conversation flows a little bit better when we're just yeah. having a natural discussion. Um, so we're going to go for it, guys. Um, once again, we are talking about Pig. It is on Hulu. Um, and the synopsis, when his beloved truffle pig is stolen, Rob, accompanied by his young buyer, Amir, Amir is forced to go back to the city he left long ago to find her. Da, da, da. Yes. That's it. We're going to go into spoilers now? Yes. So... <laughs> Uh, spoilers! spoilers! Three, two, one, spoilers! So we open on part one, which is rustic mushroom tart. Which sounds delicious. I love a good mushroom anything. I do too. I love um, mushrooms. They're so good. Especially oh, with some butter and mm. thyme and then some white wine in there. Oh, so good. Anyways, um, love, love a mushroom. And so we see... Uh, we open like Nick Cage. We already talked about Nick Cage enough. We don't have to go through his resume. I don't think we've already talked it's about very him a lot. impressive, though. Very impressive <laughs> and unimpressive. He's everything is either really good or really bad, and he has no in between work. And that's why I like watching his movies. We're he, not going to go too far into him, but he's a he's a truffle farmer, mm-hmm. truffle hunter. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking hunter, but I guess farmer would be correct too. And he lives down in the middle of the Oregon wilderness with yeah. his truffle pig outside of Portland. Yes, who's called Pig. Now, Pig is played by Brandy the Pig. Brandy. And interesting enough, Katie, did you know Brandy was actually pregnant during the filming of this movie? I didn't. That's cute. Now there's yeah. a bunch of little Brandies. Did you also hear that she passed away? No! What? Yes. So, Brandy... Uh, I was wondering, no one said anything in all the interviews I watched. Yeah, so Brandy did have her piglets, but she got a jaw infection, and this was during the pandemic, and oh. none of the vets in the area were taking in new clients. What? So she passed from her jaw infection. Oh, and she wasn't an actor pig, she was just a farm pig that had a fun personality. Yeah, they thought she was Nicholas really Cage. cute, so they were like, she's really cute, we want her. Which, she I is mean, really Can cute. you blame her? She's really cute, so. Well, her legacy lives on it's like charlotte's web yes sweet girl um that is rest in peace rest in peace peace. i guess brandy's gonna be the artwork if i can do it yes she probably was going to be anyways i mean what else were we gonna do it on nick cage (laughs) no i mean that's too much i can't handle him um yeah but so yeah brandy the pig and it's you can tell he likes his pig he cooks for his pig she sleeps in a little bed near his bed she sleeps in a bed near it's very cute um but unfortunately and we do meet amir who's played by alex wolf most famously of hereditary peter peter yeah um or payment uh spoilers uh i got it by the way my christmas cracker this year i had a we do christmas crackers at my house um i got really obsessed with them when i found them one year at tj maxx and now every year i go buy christmas crackers for my family I got a, a crown, and it was yellow, and it looked like the payment crown, and I was like, <laughs> but I couldn't say that for my grandma. 
So I was, oh, I did say, I said hail payment at one second and only like two people knew what I was talking about. It was pretty hilarious. That is really, really funny. He also, um, so he's been getting more of a career lately because he was also in Old, so Shyamalan's Old. Yes, and he which was I still friend, haven't watched. I'm waiting for it to stream. Yes, and then he was in My Friend Dahmer, too, so. Ooh. On top of the Naked Brothers Band, he was a child actor, and that's where a lot of people probably He was probably in the Naked him, Brothers Band show? I never watched he it, He was one of two brothers, is. yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Alex and Nat, so. But he's really good in this movie. He is really good. Um, we don't really know a lot about Amir at first. He just is drives a really fancy car. He's from Portland. And he is like, dude, why don't you have a cell phone? You're such a hermit. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage, whose name is Rob, um, doesn't really talk a lot. Did I, I? I think I might have guessed that his name was Rob before I actually knew it was Rob. Oh, really? Did I? I was. T- I was talking to Brittany on the phone. I had just started the movie. I had to call her about something, and I was like, "Yeah, like I don't know what the character's name is, but like Rob, blah blah blah." And then, like, I started watching the movie, and they called him Rob, and I was like, "Did I? I don't. I can't remember if I predicted it, mm-hmm. but it was definitely a name like Rob if I didn't say Rob, which right. I found very funny. That is to funny. me. I was like, his name is Rob. I was like, did I read it? And I just forgot. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But Rob doesn't talk a whole lot. Amir's like, okay, fuck you, dude. Bye. Um. Bing bong. Fuck your life. Bye. Yeah. And exactly. um, <laughs> he's like, um, he leaves, and in the middle of the night. Uh, Brandy the pig is stolen. Yeah, and this is, a, this is 11 minutes in the film. She's stolen. Because yeah. the second time I was watching it, I was like, how fast does this happen? It's, it's 11 fast. minutes into the film. You're just getting used to like their little routine. I do want to mention just very quickly that um, we also know Rob is haunted by a woman. We don't really know who yeah, she is. Yeah, he has a with. cassette tape. Yeah, and it says for Robin on it, and he tries to listen to it, but he stops, which was a really sweet moment because Brandy goes up to comfort him. It's very sweet. Yeah. By the way, I totally watched this with Gizmo my lap and held him tight the whole time if someone kidnapped you i would murder them but she she does get stolen by some tweakers and rob tries to fight back but it's knocked out uh he wakes up the next morning he's covered in blood uh he tries to drive his car but it breaks down on him so he walks into town to this restaurant and asks for (laughs) a old friend and the the waitress like she's been dead for 10 10 years. years so He's yeah. like, uh, do you have a phone? And, of course, he doesn't know anyone but Amir. Amir. So, yeah. So, he calls but, Amir. You know, he's his business partner, so it does affect Amir, too. So, Amir's like, fuck, okay, fine. And they try to talk to the tweakers, and the tweakers say, some rich guy with a black car from the city bought the pig from us. Mm-hmm. And so, that's not a lot to go on, but Rob's like, take me to the, take me to the city. Yeah. That's my, and he keeps going. Where's my truffle pig? I'm looking for my truffle pig. Yeah, he does. Best Nick Cage. It's obviously like he's been in the woods for years, so he's very direct. And um, as you come to find out in the movie, he doesn't really care if he hurts your feelings. He's direct and he's honest. I mean, he's not out there to be mean. And we'll get to a scene where, like, it's Mm -hmm. very obvious. Um, Probably my favorite scene in the movie. Well, I have two favorite scenes. But um, so they do go to the city, Mm -hmm. and Rob's like, Take me to this place. I need to see Edgar. Or is it Edgar? Or Edgar? Yeah, it's Ed- Edgar. Edgar. Yeah. And basically, Edgar runs an... Okay, this is our second movie this year that takes place in underground Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, or underground Seattle. Was Melina in Seattle or Portland? Yeah, it was in Seattle, wasn't it? Okay, so yeah. apparently, apparently both of them have underground cities. Mm-hmm. Because he runs an underground restaurant industry fight club. 
I was like, this is the one, like, bizarre Nick Cage out there part of this movie. And he's like, I need, I need my pig. And so he won't give him the information. So instead, he has to, like, get beat up at the fight club. Yeah, and Edgar, information. and Edgar even, like, tells Amir, because he's like, basically, Edgar is, like, really mean to Rob. He's like, you don't matter anymore. And Rob just leaves. And then he tells Amir, he's like, do you even know his no- real name? And, you know, Amir's like, okay, that's weird. But he goes to this underground fight club. Is playing only have us for you, dear. It's like really Shut romantic music to people chefs getting beat the shit out of. But Rob puts his whole name on like this board and it says uh, Robin Field, and they all place their bets down on it. And this yeah. is the first thing he he doesn't draw a punch. He literally lets the other person beat the shit out of him rather than throw a punch. Which he already has one side of his head covered in blood from the tweakers knocking him out. So then he has a black eye on the other side for the rest of the movie. And he doesn't, like, want to bathe for most of it, so he's doing all of this covered in, like, blood. Yeah. (laughs) It's really... He just doesn't care. He just wants his... I want my pain. Yeah, that's what he he literally gets up after this guy beats the shit out of him. He goes to Edgar, and he's like, I'm looking for my pig. And then he gets handed a slip of paper, and Amir takes Rob back to his place, because Amir kind of knows who he is now. And he hands him an ice pack, and Rob falls asleep. And then we go into part two of the movie, which is Mom's French Toast and Deconstructive Scallops. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is the part where Amir tells Robin... That his parents had a very tumultuous relationship. His dad's name is Darius. Darius is played by Adam Arkin. Yes. Not Alan Arkin, but it's Alan Arkin's son, mm-hmm. who's done a lot of television. Yeah, he's best known for being Aaron in Chicago Hope, but he's also in Northern Exposure, Sons of Anarchy, and Eight Simple Rules. Yes. So, yeah. um, pretty recognizable face, although not overly recognizable. Like, yeah. he's... Halloween H202, I forgot. Oh. Yeah, he was Jamie Lee Curtis's boyfriend. I yeah. like I like that one. Mm-hmm. Of all the like the really really newer installments of that portion of the franchise, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, Darius and his wife, um, which I don't think we ever learned the mom's name, mm-hmm. but Amir's mom. Um, they had a very tumultuous relationship. They were always fighting, but they went to Robin's restaurant and they went out to dinner. And it was, like, their favorite memory together. Like, they never stopped talking about that dinner. And then yeah. Robin asks him very, like, like, he really wants to know. He's like, well, what happened to your mom? And um, he's like, oh, she committed suicide. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. It's like they're they're connecting. Yeah. Um, it's very sweet. And um, you so Robin uh, has the information he got from Edgar is to go to this restaurant called Eurydice mm-hmm. um, which if you if you didn't go to theater school you might not know unless you listen to Hades Town uh, Eurydice and Freak what the hell is the other or, uh, Orpheus Orpheus, yeah. Orpheus and Eurydice I was like, what the hell is his name? I was, I was like, going through the lyrics of Hades Town. I'm like, what is his name? Um, so Orpheus and Eurydice is a Greek tale about um <laughs> it's also also it's, referenced in the portrait of a lady on fire too it is mm-hmm. it is you're right mm-hmm. um orpheus and eurydice eurydice died and orpheus it was her husband and he went down to hell to or the underworld i guess to get her soul back and hades told him she can follow you but 
or you can follow her back, but she can't look back. Yeah. And she did look back, and then she was trapped in the underworld. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a very sad tale of lovers, but it definitely comes to play because um, we kind of find out that Robin has also experienced loss. And we find out it specifically later, but you can kind of tell the way he asks Samir about his mom that he's familiar with loss. Yeah. And, um... And so, yeah, so he goes, Amir talks to one of his bars, which I think is interesting because Amir always plays this hot shot, but then he's literally begging for the dinner yeah. reservation. And he has to use Robin's name. Yeah, he has to name to drop get, Rob. He's like, it's it's Robin Feld. And then he's like, oh, okay, so he has lunch reservations. And it turns out the chef used to work for Robin. Oh, I didn't want to say this because oh, yeah? it's one of my favorite parts yeah. in the movie. So Robin, while Amir's doing that, Robin returns to his little old home that he used to live in. Yeah, and oh my god, a, it's so cute. He meets a little it's boy so playing cute. a hand pan. And it's... What I, is that called? It's called the hand pan. And it's so sweet because it's, it's so like a cute. real child who has like, you know, like real little boy speech. And... um. He's like, what happened to our tree? What happened to our persimmon tree? And the little boy is like, what's a persimmon? Um, but it's really sweet because I kept thinking, I was waiting for something bad to happen, like for a parent to pop up. And yeah, like, Who the me fuck too. are you talking to? Like, get off my porch. But it like, doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. He just has this really sweet conversation with this little boy. It's um, very cute. And I feel like you really get insight into Rob. At one of the first times in the movie, you really get to see him just be sweet and gentle. Yeah, because he asks him, how do you, What? why are you here? And he's like, oh, I used to live here. And you're like, oh, that's sad. Um, but um, it's very cute. But then we go to Eurydice, and we, uh, Rob just kind of looks at, um, he looks at the chef. He says, I want to talk to the chef. And it's also bougie bullshit. It's very bougie. It's what they're serving. So. And um, he has to speak to the chef. And also they're like, we want you to have an experience. Blah, 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 blah. And it's it's like, you know, they used to have that restaurant. I only know about this because people like on BuzzFeed went there. Where it was literally like you eat in the dark. Like they blindfold yeah, you so you could experience that. the food more fully. This is what we did before COVID, people, because... We didn't realize that, you know, there's other things to worry about other than how your food tastes. Anyways, I love cooking, so no complaints here. But this is very bougie. This is over-the-top, fancy food. And he asks us to speak to the chef. And the chef comes over, and he looks at Rob's face. And he's like, oh, my God. And he's like, hard, hard Derek. <laughs> Isn't it Derek? It's Derek. Yeah. Um, who's played by David Nell. Yeah. Who I have seen in stuff before, but uh, told, not... he was actually an '80s actor. Is yeah. told recall Turner and Hooch, uh, Splash, and Spring Break. Woohoo! As well as a lot of other things. A but lot those of are stuff. The stuff I recognize. Yeah, and um, he was like, "Oh my god!" So uh, Derek used to work for Robin when Robin ran his own restaurant. And, and he's like, "You worked for me for two months, for but two you always months. burnt the pasta." Yeah, you, you overcooked the pasta. Yeah. And um, he's like, so he sits down and they start talking and he's like, I need my truffle pig. And at first Derek's not going to give in. And this is like one of my favorite scenes because he emotionally eviscerates this man and is just like, uh, you, he's like, he's like, you always wanted to open your very own authentic London pub. And he was like, well, I mean, like, I'm so popular. This, my restaurant's so popular. He's like. You're not being true. None of these people like you, Derek. Like, be true to yourself, Derek. It's so... Like, he's not yeah. mean. He's, he's just honest. truthful. He's like, 
Because, like, the thing is, he's figured out what real loss is, and so he has a different viewpoint of the world. Well, you know, I always think of, there's a scene earlier in the movie where Amir, like, makes, it's kind of like a joke where he, like, tells a friend, he's like, he's a Buddhist. But in a lot of ways, Rob is like a Buddhist. And yes. the term that he's very connected to nature and animals. like And he doesn't really believe in material stuff anymore. Right. So, like, he even has this whole speech about how, like, he's like, this is just temporary because there's going to be... There's going to be an earthquake and Oregon's going to be gone. Like, he has a whole speech about it. And one of my favorite things about this movie is the way Alex Wolf reacts to the things that Nick Cage says. Because it's like he's really listening. Yeah. And he has, like, this shocked look on his face. But, yeah, it's this scene. Is, he's, Rob is so honest and vulnerable. And it puts, I feel, Chef Fenway in a, in a place of vulnerability, yeah, too. Yeah, he, he emotionally breaks down, downs a glass of wine. He's like... The man who has the pig is not someone you want to mess with. And it turns out that it's Amir's dad, who apparently is, like, the controller of the restaurant industry in Portland and is super rich and has a lot of power. And so um, they go to his house. And this is also the first time. Well, he, well he, he breaks off his relationship with Amir. And we yeah, see him. This is the up. first type of toxic thing that we see because he beats the fuck out of Amir's he car. Does. And you don't really see Rob get mad. Like, even when his pig is stolen, he calmly, like, confronts, like, person to person. But he yeah. beats the shit out of, out of Amir's car. Not Amir, just yeah, the car. Just, just the car, just the car, yeah. But to him, the car is meaningless because it's just an object. Exactly. So, I guess, I mean, yeah. Um, but so they, they break up and he goes to Darius's fancy home and Darius is, like... I'll give you $25,000. I'll give you $2 million. Just never come back. Yeah. Um, and it, Rob's like, well, this is fucking stupid. So Amir actually comes and finds Rob. And they kind of make up. That's when they have the discussion about, like, the earthquakes and stuff. Which I was like. And Amir's like, damn, guy. That's that's really fucking depressing. I'm like, yeah, yeah it is. Um, but and this he, is, like, one of my favorite uh -huh. things. He says, um. You know, he apologizes. Amir apologizes. He's like, I honestly didn't know my dad would take her. Like, I had no well. idea. And Rob is like, you know, I I can do the truffles. I know where the truffles are. I don't need are. the pig. Yeah, I don't need the pig. And he's like, then why do all this? And he's like, because I love her. Yeah. And She's his like, companion. You're just like, oh, my God. He, I mean, he doesn't have anyone else in the whole world other than the pig. So, yeah, I understand. He tells Amir to gather a list of things. And this is, this is when I was like, oh my god, is he gonna, like, like, storm the castle? He's like, he's like, what are, what are we doing? We're getting my pig back. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, what? Okay. Um. And this but, is part three now. A bird, a bottle, and a salted baguette. Yeah, so he, Amir, they go and gather things. Amir does take a detour to visit his comatose mother in the hospital, and we get the feeling that she did try to kill herself, but she obviously wasn't successful. And the dad has kept her on life support, even though Amir would rather him just let her go. Yeah. I think it's, and that's an interesting thing to talk about because a lot of times, like when people are on life support, there is like fighting within the family, like who takes who it's like do we let them go or do we keep them on life support? I know I. Lost a friend a couple years ago who had a traumatic um, blood. He had a traumatic brain injury years before. Nobody knew that. He didn't know that he had a giant clot in his brain. And he went into a coma. 
as a result of it. And he had been very clear because he played hockey. So he, like, knew that there was always a chance he might, like, get injured and be in a coma. And he was very clear with his family to say, like, I do not want to be on life support. And it was, it was a really rough decision, but they did make the right decision to take him off life support. And it was really not, not great, but it also was like, if there's no way they're going to recover, you're keeping them on life support, in my opinion, for your own safe, your own well-being and not really thinking about what they would say. Because of, yeah. if you do believe in souls and afterlife, it's kind of pausing them to rest. Well, we also, we don't see her whole body, but we do right. see, like, her breathing. We can hear the machine. So she's literally only breathing with the help of a machine. Yeah. And he won't even go into the room. Yeah, he talks Because he's so, like... But he does talk to her. I mean, yeah. which, I mean, maybe, I don't know. You don't know about, I don't know about her brain activity. Yeah. So maybe she is. I still talk to my friend in a coma when yeah. I say goodbye because I thought it was important. Um, and I'm glad I did. But still, um, to me, I'm like, that's a very interesting distinguishment between him and his dad. Yeah. He would rather let his mom go and let her be at peace. And the dad wants to hold on to the past. Yeah. Um, so, which is another theme of this movie. Yeah. Because holding on to the past versus, like, processing your grief and moving on. Processing grief is very healthy. Um, and after he takes the detour, he goes to a mausoleum mm-hmm. to pick up some wine. And the lady at the mausoleum um, is like, oh, these are Rob and Lori's. And he's like, who's Lori? And she's like, oh, that was Rob's wife. She's buried right here. I'm actually saving the plot next to her oh, for him. And I'm like. so heartbreaking. And she's like. I never told him that. Will you tell him that for me? And I'm like, like, that's an awkward conversation, lady. But okay. Yeah. He doesn't have a phone, though, so. Exactly. So she probably doesn't know how to get a hold of him. Meanwhile, Rob goes to um, his where his old restaurant used to be. And Helen, who was his old baker, and him discuss if she mm-hmm. still makes her sada baguette. And she does. Yeah. So she gives him one. And as he gets up to leave, she hugs him. It's sweet. It is really sweet. And so they do go to uh, Darius's house. They and sneak in. Yeah. He has showered a little bit. Not really, but he looks less bedraggled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, this is my second favorite scene is he teaches uh, Amir how to cook. Mm-hmm. Because Amir says, oh, I don't really cook earlier. And he does teach Amir how to cook cook and it's a very beautiful scene yeah you can you feel like nick is like nicholas cage is really a chef because it's like he's so tender with the way he's even like smelling the food and touching it maybe you want to cook a steak with some mushrooms yeah um and they obviously i think we all know what they're cooking they don't say it in the movie which is again why i think this movie's so good at showing and not telling you Mm -hmm. um but they're obviously cooking the meal that his parents had I also love, so they get Darius to set the table, and the first thing uh, Rob does, he holds the bottle of wine and goes, your son found this. And it's like, so he, like, tries to give credit to Amir because he knows that relationship is fractured. Yes. Which is, like, it's, it's, what I love about this movie, it doesn't spell things out, but it's so subtle and beautiful, even just moments like that. Um... And so they start to eat, but Darius becomes overwhelmed with emotion. And he just starts crying and leaves the room. Mm-hmm. And he admits to Rob that the pig is dead. That's terrible to say. It. She has passed away because the tweakers ha- mishandled her. And they were too rough with her and she passed away. And he's very sad. And instead of us 
hearing Nicolas Cage go berserk, mm-hmm. it goes silent, and you just see his reaction to this, and it is devastating. And I love, I loved I it too because it once again you would expect what knowing the pig is this world for him to like throw a punch or something. He he's doesn't. Just, he's just he it's just, just cries. He just wails and, and lets it out. Darius and... looks so ashamed. And that, and that's yeah. why he was trying to give him the money to pay him off because he didn't want to admit that the pig because he didn't want the pig to die. I mean, he shouldn't have stolen a pig in the first place. But yeah. like he he is also apologetic, and Amir just feels awful about it. Um, but they um, Amir, ta- I'm gonna get teary eyed about it again. <laughs> like this is what I cried. I was like, and I held Gizmo tight. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Um, but Amir does take him back, and okay, this is where this movie could have gone in a weird, in a bad direction. I think a weaker director. Would have had a really dark ending where, like, he decides to, like, join the pig and his wife in the afterlife. But no. No. It is a beautiful journey of processing grief. And instead of, like, obviously he's been avoiding life since his wife died. That's when he moved out to the woods. He doesn't want to face the fact that his wife has passed away. So he just doesn't talk to anyone from his past anymore. And he disconnects. Yeah. Instead, Amir takes him back to that diner. Yeah. They don't have pie for some reason, which is weird. Um, but they do have brownies. Yep. And oh, we just I made brownies last night. Yeah. I don't even realize about the movie. I just really wanted some brownies. Um, but anyways, he does like uh, talk to him, and he's like, you know, I've been thinking like if I never went after her in my mind, and I okay, I said this line with him. I was like, she'd still be alive. He goes, yeah. she'd still be alive. I was but like, she, ah! And then, you know, what's funny is I said, but she wouldn't. And then like, Amir says it. He's like, but she wouldn't have been. He's like, you're right. And I mean, that's the thing. He accepts the, the bad thing that has happened. He grieves it. And then, like, like he says he's gonna walk home. I was like, oh, God. He's gonna, like, end it all, isn't he? It's gonna be one of those movies. But no. He's like, I'll see you next Thursday. Yeah. And you're like, oh! Okay, so he makes an appointment. He is not, he's going to move on. And he goes and washes his face in the river. In the stream. And then it has this really beautiful part where he just, well, you can, you can say it. He, it's he, really pretty. He goes home and he's in the early morning light and he finally listens to that tape. And um, it's Lori yeah. and she's like, I know it's your birthday and we're going to go to a restaurant. I'm going to have to deal with you complaining. But um, just know that I love you and this song makes me think of you. And she starts doing a Beautiful redemption of I'm on fire by Bruce yes, Springsteen. Which uh the I saved the song and I'm I going have it to have my Apple Music too. I'm going to learn this song. I might put it on TikTok. <laughs> because now I'm like, I like I I've known that song, but it, I never really liked you his know, version of it. And I oh, love and this I love version Springsteen's of it. version of it too. I I so my husband and me were watching this together and he just started staring at me because I, I had already said I love this movie like five minutes before. Yeah. And then they start singing that. She starts singing that song, and Taylor knows that's one of my absolute favorite songs. So Cassandra Violet is the mm-hmm. woman who's singing it, and yeah. um, it's it's a really pretty um, acoustic version of it. Yeah, and it's really great. And it and as as the as the song is like going on, he just looks up, and yeah. like the morning sun is like shining on his face. Yeah, it's so hopeful, and it's not like it's not like everything's better automatically because he has a friend. Yeah, but like. The, the future is hopeful. He finally is allowing himself to heal. 
Yes. Which is so beautiful. Because he, I don't think he ever gave himself the grace. We don't know how Lori passed away, but it's like he never allowed himself to heal from the death. And that's what I love about this movie, mm-hmm. is they don't give you too much information. They don't tell you, like, how the mom killed herself. They yeah. don't tell, or she didn't actually, but how she attempted to commit suicide. They didn't say how Lori died. They didn't say, like, he didn't go into this diatribe of, like, I met my wife when I was 16 and blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't go into it. They just let you feel the feelings and let you process it in your own brain, which I think makes it mean more because you have to fill in the blanks with your own experiences of grief. So, like, if I think think a lot of people would probably have the reaction we had to this movie where it will make you cry, it will make you feel something – but I'm sure there are people who maybe aren't animal lovers or maybe don't like Bruce Springsteen who won't be as, like, you know, hitting the feels with this. But I like that movie because – I like that about this movie because it can mean everything to yeah. you. But he's not trying to make it palatable to everybody. He's just making an honest movie. Yeah, and there's I think there's a lot that can be read into it because I think you could even – I'm – I'll be honest, I I wasn't raised really in the church, but even I understood the biblical references of loving your neighbor and turning the other cheek and forgiving, too. Katie, did you have any cons about Pig? Um, the only uh, con that I had was I wish there was a little more Pig, but now that I know that she kept biting Nick Cage, I understand why there wasn't. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing I loved about it was, uh, okay, I mean, I know you probably had this feeling. This reminded me, like, all the scenes of the pig of me and Gizmo because, like, Gizmo came into my life when I – I won't cry. Okay. Like, I needed him. Yeah. And I didn't know he was coming into my life. It was just a surprise. And I had already, like, gone through a lot of stuff the year before and I was going through something else at the time, um, letting go of something that I didn't want to let go of. Don't know if I've totally let go of it, but still, letting go, trying to, and processing some grieving, and then, like, I just got Gizmo, and so he did help me, like, have something to do in my life. Yeah. To, uh, to care about. Um, and now he's finally asleep, but yeah. So, like, I held my little baby angel puppy close. I'm sure you did, too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I was like, I was like, I feel you, Nick Cage. Now, I turned off the movie before the credits finished rolling, but apparently at the end of the credits, there is supposed to be the sound of him digging for truffles with the new pig. Oh, So, I, I meant to go back and listen to it before this, but that's the rumor. I didn't hear that. So. Because it drives my husband crazy, but I usually always wait for post-credits, and he goes, not everything is a Marvel film. So, well, that's what they said when the song ends, you're supposed to hear him digging for truffles. Oh, that's sweet. I, I like think, that, though. Yes. So, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but this is, I've heard right. from several people. I hope um, you're right. I would love to Now I want to go back thing. and play it. <laughs> um, if it's not, if it's not wrong, we'll keep it in the edit. If it is wrong, then, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take it out. <laughs> but, that's yeah. really sweet, though. It is sweet. Yeah. But, yeah, to me, like, I think that's why it probably hit me in the feels, because, like, I swear... There was one day I thought my security camera was malfunctioning and I couldn't find Gizmo and I'd forgotten to turn on my security camera earlier and I really thought like, oh my God, someone has kidnapped my dog. And I like, luckily my mom was off work and she was like, I'll go check on him, make sure everything's okay. He was fine. But my coworker was like, oh my God, you were going to murder someone. I was like, I would 
kill someone if they, not, I mean, I don't know. I would be very upset if someone hurt my dog. Yeah. Um, but hopefully I would have a reaction of Rob and not of David. <laughs> yeah. I would agree with that. That's something that anytime there is an animal involved, I, I I bond with the animal on screen. It doesn't matter. It's like with the thing last week, I worried about all the dogs. Even though I knew what was going to happen to the dogs, I still worried about them. Yes. And so I kind of <laughs> had... We're suckers for animals. Yes. And I kind of had a feeling there was a good possibility that the pig was not going to make it to the end of the movie. Yeah. But I'm really relieved that they did things the way they did. Yes. That there was nothing traumatic like them showing her body or right. her di- showing her dying. So I'm really glad they did. It was still impactful yes. while going overboard. I mean, like, you knew at a certain point it was going on too long mm-hmm. to be... A happy, happy ending, but yeah. it was a hopeful ending. Just like uh, I was talking about Moonlight and Marriage Story to a friend on how I watched both of them at the same time, oh, <laughs> which I, I cried a lot. But I was also like, you know, all of, they have a hopeful ending. Even yeah. though it's not a happy ending, it is a hopeful ending, you know. Yeah, and they both will break your heart. It's bittersweet, I think. I mean, Moonlight's a much better, like, much more enjoyable ending. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's very, the whole third act is, like, very hopeful. I love, I will say I will love, I love Moonlight. I absolutely love it. And I love Marriage Story being a child of divorce. Um, and especially being a child of divorce as in parents got divorced and then got remarried and divorced again. Um, I see a lot of truth in Marriage Story. I it's, think that's what yeah. made it so impactful watching and I, it. I watched it, like, a week before I went through a breakup. I think I knew it was about to happen. So... I, I lost it. Yeah. I was, like, bawling. It was yeah. awful. But, I mean, it's a great movie. You should totally watch it. It's it's very honest and truthful. And whether you're a child who's been through that or if you've ever been in a breakup that was, like, a long-term relationship where you do care about the person. Yeah. You know, it is hard that sometimes that doesn't work out even when you do care about each other. Well, I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like they could have stayed together in Marriage Story, but I understand why they didn't. But I'm I'm an optimist, so. <laughs> and I'm I'm a I'm I'm a pessimist that was born to be an optimist. I really want to be optimistic, but I'm I'm a little pessimistic and jaded, which people are like, "Whoa!" Because I'm usually I'm like, "Hi guys, good morning." Yeah. By the way, everything sucks. Um, yeah. So like, I I mean like I'll admit when things suck, but like I'm like. I feel like they could have made... I feel like Marriage Story leaves the door open for, like, they might just co-parent the rest of their lives, but they might also, like... I think they could co-parent. Yeah. I think they could co-parent. I just don't think they... I think they love each other but can't live together, which is how my parents are. I feel like, though, they might be those people who get married in their 70s, like, remarried, because I have known people... My aunt and uncle, they divorced because... Great aunt and uncle... They divorced because they lost a child and it really, God. really, like, ripped their marriage apart. And they were, like, separated for, like, ten years. Mm-hmm. And they got back together. And they were married until she passed away. Oh, wow. Like, so, I mean, and I didn't know that till I was, like, an adult and after she had passed away. And I was like, wait, what? They got divorced? And they were like, well, the second marriage is like, what? So, I mean, like, I could see that happening in marriage story. Or they could co-parent forever and be fine. It's yeah. open-ended. You can be... Whatever you want to be. But at least for them, at the end of the movie, they're very... It's very nice. Everything's peaceful. That's how that kind of situation should happen. You know, if you're co-parenting, you should put your kid first. And they eventually do. 
Um, but it's it's a rough movie. It's it a great is. movie. It though. is. The, what is it? The Magnificent Adam, as Laura Dern said. Oh, God. The Magnificent Adam, thank you, when she won her Oscar. I, I was like, what? Well, the 2019 was a phenomenal year for film. It really was. I was re-watching those Oscars, like, highlights from it. I was like, that was a good year. Parasite good year. won a lot of stuff. So did Taika Waititi. So did Laura Dern, finally. Yes. Like, a lot of people won stuff they should have. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was crazy, allegedly. But he, I mean, he he did a good performance he in Joker. Did, he did a great Joker performance. I'm not a, a Joker stan or anything. It was good. I liked it. I really it was liked a good it. movie. It but... was a shocking. That was another movie that there well, was a scene that it was really shocking. The, um, it's basically the, oh shit, what is that movie called? Taxi Robert Driver? De Niro. No, it's another Robert De Niro movie. Uh, uh, oh, Master of Comedy? Oh, frick. I thought it was a lot like Taxi Driver when I saw it. No, there's another movie that's basically a ripoff of. <laughs> Um, but it's another Robert De Niro movie, which is why a lot of people were like, did they do this because of Robert De Niro in this movie? I just sometimes like watching movies and I'm like, that guy directed Joker. That guy directed The Hangover too. (laughs) Because yes, they do share the same director. His name is Todd, Todd Phillips. Is that right? I think that is Todd Phillips. Yeah. What is the... Oh, my God. I'm going to let you look up your Robert De Niro movie, but then I want to hear your your closing thoughts and your ratings. Yes. Mm. King of Comedy. That's the, that's what... I just remembered it. The King of Comedy is a movie that is about, like, a guy who's stalking, like, a late-night TV host, and then mm. something very similar to the end of Joker, I think, happens. Ooh. So a lot of people said Joker was pretty much ripping off that. But it was a good movie. It was a little far-reaching. There was some stuff where I was like, uh, uh, okay. But okay. it was mostly good. Um, sorry, some people are going to be really mad at me. Well, I'm sure. I, well, the thing about film is that everyone has an opinion, and no yes. one's opinions really right or wrong. Um, yes. Well, there would be some people I would say they are definitely wrong, but... <laughs> As a uh, true film lover, I try to be subjective. Cats, um, Cats was a bad movie. I think that's a general consensus. I that would is. That. Yeah. Um, did you have a rating for this? I did. So, um, are we talking about a grindhousey rating? Or are we talking about a scale rating? Both. Whichever one you want to do first. Probably um, scale first. I actually gave this a nine out of ten. I gave an 8.5. Yeah. I think it might be a 9 when I rewatch it. Because I only got to watch it once all the way through. But it was good. It was really... It was surprising. It was refreshing. The acting was good. The direction was good. Cinematography. The score was harmonica-laden. Which harmonicas are one of my favorite uh, instruments. I love them. I have my grandpa's harmonica from like World War II. That is awesome. Pre-World War II? That is awesome. He had a lot of harmonicas. They're a great instrument. I've never learned how to actually play them. But I just love walking around going... However, that harmonica noise is, you know. Yeah. Wheat woot! Wheat woot! Wheat woot! Um, that's a whistle. <laughs> I didn't really have any, like, problems with this movie. Nothing that was like, I don't think it was a perfect movie, but I don't think I've ever no. seen a perfect movie. Parasite. Parasite's really, really Parasite's good. Parasite's perfect. I don't know. I, the only thing that gets me about Parasite is the length, but it's pretty damn perfect. It moves so flawlessly and quickly. It, it, I don't know it's about quickly. It's probably the same but length as Green Knight, and it feels like half the movie Green Knight felt like. Yes, that's true. I think Parasite's about 240, isn't it? 
two hours, 40 minutes. It could be four it's an hours almost perfect and I would still movie. love it. It's an almost it's perfect, perfect movie. So, See, we're disagreeing. It but, is the perfect but film. But I don't, I don't think any film is perfect. So <laughs> that's where I'm like. I don't remember if, if I you gave get it a almost, 10 or a 9. If you, almost, if you get a near perfect for me, just know you probably are perfect. But I'm being slightly judgmental somewhere. But hey, even Parasite didn't have their actors nominated for Oscars. Yeah. Wah, wah. Thanks a lot, Oscars. You know what's funny, though? Most Best Picture winners, they usually don't, because Slumdog Millionaire was the same way that year. It took home all the major awards, but wasn't nominated for any of the acting awards. That's a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, that is a good movie. I did finally watch that. I love Slumdog. This year. It's really good. And it has a fun little Bollywood number at the end. So fun. Um, I did have a Grindhouse rating too, which was I do too. I rated it S for Stale Toast, Swine, and Sage Like Wisdom. Okay, I mine was short and sweet. Rated T for Truffles and Tribulations. I like that. Okay, I like yes, it. that's what we're doing. Yeah, it came to me like on high. It came to me. It did. I mean, I was it's like, a fever oh dream. It, I mean, no, actually, like <laughs> it came to me on my lunch break, but. I thought it was cute. Lunch breaks are like fever dreams at work. It is. Yeah. Um. So I guess uh we've got to uh, pick next week's movie. It's my pick. Um. And we kind of talked about this before. We are going to do a movie. That, okay. So I wanted to do Old Boy so badly because it does. Wait, have... we're not doing a book. <laughs> we what? <laughs> he said we're doing a movie. We're doing a movie. <laughs> No, we're we're doing um a play. Oh yeah, we're gonna just we're yeah. gonna read it out loud. We're gonna read the play out loud to you guys. Nice. Um, I would do that, but <laughs> um, not on this podcast. Um, but we are doing a, next week's movie mm-hmm. is a movie. I really wanted to pick something that had like snow in it, and all the ones that I wanted to pick aren't streaming, including Old Boy. Which I'm just pissed about because Old Boy's never streaming. But um, I do think the movie I'm picking is something that has been on our list for a while. And I've heard that it is a very, very, very good um, horror movie. And it's not super crazy long either, which I like. Um, and it is Norai, or Norai, we will figure out how to say it correctly. The Curse, which is currently streaming on Shudder. And um, there's not a whole lot I know about it. It's apparently there's supposed to be like a really terrifying scene that everyone talks about. Mm. Um, which I have not spoiled this movie for myself. Okay, good. So I've just heard whispers. A journalist pursuing supernatural phenomenon fern- phenomenon is actually missing in reality. What? <sighs> okay. Um, and it is by Koji Shiriashi, who also did A Slip Mouth Woman. What? Oh, yeah. I did see that one. Okay. Occult and Grotesque. Ooh, okay. So, okay. A, the Slip Mouth Woman is an urban legend in Japan. Ooh. Yeah. It's something she, I think she asks you if she's pretty. And if you say yes, she, she slits your mouth, her, your mouth like hers. And if you say no, she kills you, right? Oh. So either way, it's like you're, you're fucked. But well, apparently <laughs> one of the actresses in this movie, Marika Matsumoto, does a voice on Pokemon the series Ruby and Sapphire. Woo! So nobody else had a picture on there, so I'm guessing everyone else is kind of an unknown 
actor. Well, if it's a found footage film, which I haven't seen it, but I think it's it is found partially footage? found yeah. footage. Um, but we, um, but I guess we're we're gonna start wrapping up, a wrapping it up. Bit. Watch yeah. Norai or Nori the Curse, curse the Curse on Shutter. It might be streaming other places. I don't know, but I'm excited because it's been on our list for a while, mm-hmm. and we haven't done. Uh, a foreign movie in like a month. Well, we were gone for a little while too, but it feels like a long time. Yeah, and we love foreign films here, yeah. so um, you're missing out on a lot of great movies if yeah. you don't watch foreign. Movies. I would say we should do Lamb, but Lamb is not streaming except to rent, and yeah. I, I, we already had to rent the thing, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah. We'll we'll get to Lamb. We will get to Lamb and to Tom. Yep, and to Tom. So <laughs> those are going to be fun be. times. But, um, I can't wait to see it a second time. I know, it's going to be Both great. of them. Yeah. Actually, you know what, Lamb, I don't know if I'm excited to see it a second time, mm-hmm. because it was such an interesting first-time reaction, but Tatan I want to see again, because yeah. now that I know where the story is going, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, but we'll say good night, or good day, whatever it is. Uh, good morning, you know, to quote the Truman Show. Yeah. Um, we hope that you guys have a fantastic week. Um, we hope that all your Christmas presents were what you wanted or, or whatever you celebrate. Yes. New Year's was good. Uh, we hope you're all wearing your masks, getting boosted. Make sure you get boosted. I got boosted for Christmas. That was fun. And I got my flu shot and my booster on the same day. It actually wasn't that bad, but I highly encourage you to also get boosted. Wear a mask when you're out in public. Try to social distance as much as you can until they can catch up with Omicron because it's going, they're mutating too fast and yeah. that's why they're having a hard time keeping up with the treatments for that and the vaccines for it because the more people don't social distance and don't get vaccinated the more it's gonna mutate because yeah. that's what viruses do baby um but yeah be careful out there be safe be happy uh take some time for you if you can someone was some awful youtuber was like self-care doesn't really teach you i'm like self-care is the best thing so take some self-care for yourself and uh have fun and what is that what are you say take your vitamins no. oh wash your hands take your vitamins it's been sorry guys it's been a while um but uh thank you for joining us for season three and we'll see you next week yeah um as always guys thank you we always appreciate your likes your comments your shares um we love each and every one of you i hope you do something nice for yourself today um take care of yourself please sleep your body needs sleep i don't think that's something we say enough um you need you need four hours for a full rem cycle but i mean come on six eight hours is what you really need please aim for it take your naps if you need to Mm -hmm. um this is your reminder drink a Drink your water, you thirsty, thirsty bitch. Um, you got to drink it. It's good for you. Um, I uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Um, I, you know, what I always like to say is take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Yep. And as always, we just look forward to seeing you um, next time. Same spooky place, same spooky channel. Stay, Stay spooky, spooky, y'all. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Gray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. 
You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. vibe that it's like a fatal frame-ish kind of movie too like it gave like i don't know if you guys have played fatal Mm -hmm. frame i have two of them one of them i have one of the like older ones and honestly that game fucking holds up i started playing it when i first got it and i was like oh i'm like spooked out it was it's like spooky y'all it is real spooky like and like ghosts are coming at you they're not actually coming coming towards your face not coming at your face or on your face um, they're coming towards your face, and you have to take pictures of them. So it <laughs> that's 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 a highlight. That's staying in. It's a spooky Christmas, <laughs> full of diligence, dilly dilliant dalliances. dalliances. Thank you. Dalliances. Thank you. My brain processed the sexual word dalliances and ghosts coming at your face. Is this like a pornographic? <laughs> I just had this idea. Like, I'm like, it's like a 